This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, we're talking Star Wars, we're talking Rampage, and we are talking surf, punk, zombies. Oh yeah. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome to episode 47 of the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and today my friends Chris and Eric will join me to talk about a bona fide cult classic. Listen to this music. Just just listen to this song here. That is Oingo Boingo. Now what album is that Oingo Boingo song from? Trick question, it's not on any of the Oingo Boingo albums. This is Hold Me Back, which is written and recorded and released as part of the amazing 80s cult classic Surf 2, The End of the Trilogy. Surf 2 is the kind of movie that was shown on late night cable and we all saw it and we all memorized it and we all forgot it. This thing hasn't been released on DVD. It's just a thing in our memories, and we're going back because that's what we do. We do terrible nostalgia here for Gen X on the Magnificently Huge podcast, and if you like what you hear, by God, we need you to rate the show on iTunes and on Google Play or wherever you get your podcast. We need you to share it on your social network feeds. If you have suggestions, criticisms, comments, jokes, send them to us. You can find us on Twitter, at MagHuge. On Facebook, we are Magnificently Huge. On Instagram, we are magnificently huge. You can email magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. And you can check out the work Chris has been doing to get us a new website at magnificentlyhuge.com or maghuge.com. We have that domain now. So if you remember the good old days of late night cable and just kick back and relax because this is going to be one weird fucking party. Can you relate? training pick up service have yourself a ball army navy air force marines what a great place it's a great place to start why (laughs) hi everybody this is the magnificently huge podcast brought to you by the u.s armed forces i guess die for us uh yeah they're Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, How's everybody doing this week? Great, Apparently, great. Eric, Eric is uh, on coke or something. He sounds very no, energetic. I can explain it with this week's fresh shit. Oh, fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. That is fresh. This stuff is really fresh. Is that the thing where we talk about the thing? Yeah. That is our weekly segment where we talk about stuff we've been doing this week. Movies, TV, books, things and stuff eric you have fresh shit tell us tell did you join the military no but more and more of my fresh (laughs) shit are uh youtube rabbit holes and this one is really a pleasure i've been watching world war ii propaganda training films that were made oh my yeah oh they're great did you um, get any did you get any telling you how to avoid vd I had to look for those. I wasn't. I was looking at the more combaty ones, like okay, okay, like uh, land and live in the desert. This is for you out there, every one of you, pilots and crew members alike. Soon you're going to be flying across the whole face of this globe, over every possible type of terrain, over Arctic, jungle, and desert. So get this straight: any land you fly over, you may someday have to walk over. In most cases, the walking isn't too good. You know, it's like all these things where if you're a pilot and you crash in, you know, the middle of BFE, here's how you not die, you know? So so they don't have um, titles like, there are no atheists in foxholes. Oh, I'll look. I'll look. Okay. I, I ought okay. to put, I'll put together a magnificently <laughs> huge podcast-specific playlist of uh, crazy Ronald Reagan films where he's like, hi, 
right. I'm in the military, sort of. <laughs> you know, I, I also <laughs> like monkeys. I'm yeah, I'm reading about the history of these things, and yeah, the lengths they went to to try and, I guess, juice up enlistment. It's it's fascinating. It's crazy. Uh, that, that, but then how on... that all how that all turned after Vietnam, where Johnson didn't want to use the uh, uh, army reserves because those people vote. And so yeah. that's why Vietnam went crazy. And so after Vietnam, they had to go back to the same kind of recruitment shit with John Travolta before he was John Travolta being told <laughs> that, you know, yeah, you can, you can, you know, you can go on vacation in the Riviera and, you know, we, we pay for so much stuff. You're going to have so much money left over. You can buy that new car, you know. It reminds me of uh, American Masters on PBS did a thing on Bob Hope and a giant chunk of it was the USO stuff. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty amazing, some of the stuff. I mean, he literally went into war zones, so I can't, Im- <laughs> I can't even imagine uh, the propaganda stuff. Ugh. That, would be, that would be a fun movie, I yeah. think. With Jack Black as Bob Hope. Oh, God. <laughs> so what, what got you started on, on this rabbit hole, Eric? Um, well, reading, actually. I've been reading uh, Rachel Maddow's book, Drift which is about sort of ah, the way yes. we started with a sane military and it turned into sort of an everlasting war. Um, but yeah, she was talking about these, these, these movies that Reagan would make uh, while he was still under contract and while he was still in the military, and I just had to see him. So that's, that's that. Okay. Okay. Any other uh, freshness for us? Not really. Oh, you, uh, watched the Last Jedi yesterday, oh. and uh, oh. I was. I now that we've all seen it, I, I I know somebody has made mention of the fact that the final battle takes place on the planet Red Velvet Cake, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because see, yeah. to me, it was it was more like an etch a sketch. I really wish someone would make that GIF where you could just <laughs> see. <laughs> that would be good. But Red Velvet Cake. Uh, yeah, and it. and change when that when that unnecessary scene happens of the guy like stepping over the trench and one of the guys in the trench like grabs some of the salt and tastes it and goes, salt." So that we all know that there's <laughs> yeah. salt on yeah. the I, I want somebody to Clearly a pickup like nobody understood the test screening like yeah. what? Yeah. And and so they had and I, I believe that guy is the guy who directed Rogue One. Somebody needs to go in and like change the audio so it says, "Yeah." Clean Peruvian flake, or something. <laughs> well, I remember when they, when they kicked off the the top layer and it was all red. I'm like, is that a sentient planet? Is it bleeding? I don't understand what the hell is going on. But it's all it's all settling. It's always like snowing yeah. salt, I guess, or dandruff. Eric, what was your take on Last Jedi? Um, let's see. It was once again sort of stealing from the other second. Star Wars movie Empire. I mean, I was counting off all the things. Well, mm-hmm. let's see. Escape Planet Hoth, uh, uh, Walker Tanks, uh, y- y- you know, go, go to the Split training the team area. Up. Go, yeah, exactly. Yep. Go, go to, go to the, the, the Jedi training planet. Oh, that's the, the tree where he sees Darth Vader only now. It's a big ground vagina. It's like <laughs> all the same stuff. Um, right. Yeah. The one part, I mean, I, I watched it and I, th- oh, oh yeah, that's right. And Laura Dern, uh, okay, I buy that that there's 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 a, a a woman who's there who's of an alien race we've never seen before whose only difference is purple hair. Fine, but how how is it? <laughs> She's a millennial. Yeah, how is it she is? How is it she is second in command and absolutely no one knows who she is? <laughs> how is that? That he's like, who are you? What do you mean, who am I? I've been here for like three years. It's Laura Dern, bro. That's all you need yeah. to know. Just like she showed up out of nowhere. It's like, I'm the I'm the other one. I'm the one who apparently has a years-long relationship with Leia. You know her, right? Well, the Rebellion, uh, most people don't know this, but the Rebellion actually ranks its officers by their hairdos. Oh. Uh. So, no. <laughs> that's, that's a bold-faced lie. So. Yeah, and they still they still do communications through department memos and not email. So not not everybody knows who's who. Yeah, and then they can True. and then they can track yeah. transwarp or whatever. No, transwarp is Star Trek, right? 
I keep I yeah, keep yeah, probably shit straight. River. They can track you across hyperspace or yeah. whatever. I yeah, that was my take. Is that it was like it was it was it was okay. Oh, let's see, Snope. I thought that was interesting that Snope could read. Uh, uh, what's his name? The guy from Girls could read his mind, but couldn't tell that he was about to get killed by him. So he can read minds. He just has a problem with context. <laughs> exactly. You're exactly. going yeah. to take a lightsaber and you're going to kill your true target. Whomever that may be. Yeah. I, I, come on, dude. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. My favorite part was the kid in the end who goes to sweep the stoop and just offhandedly uses the force to snap the broom into his hand <laughs> like it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, cool. That's, that's, that's cool. That's not surprising. Well, and that was a nice underline of what Ryan Johnson was doing, which was to sort of take the whole like royal bloodline Skywalker thing out of Star Wars and just say, nope, everyone could have the Force, maybe. And I never thought that was a real thing. I mean, they never said it was just them. I mean, I, I yeah, it, it makes no sense that at some point yeah. the Jedi would travel the galaxy finding more Jedi, but it's only limited to this one crowd of folk. I mean, well, and that's just it. It wasn't like that. And then George Lucas just kept making the whole galaxy smaller and smaller right. and smaller. Right. So I think this was a necessary correction. But it's not like he, he added something new because I, I had heard people saying, oh, he's changing the whole dynamic of Star Wars. Like, No, he's not. He's, he's addressing something that got left behind. Well, I would just like to point out that Eric's favorite part about the entire movie was when it was over. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that's that's that explains true. everything that you need to know about yeah. Eric and Star Wars. And I'm still a big Mark <laughs> Hamill right. fan. I think Mark Hamill is an interesting guy to watch on screen. I wish he had had more of a career. Well, I like the new the new user thread on the on the interwebs where they piece it together and they and they talk about how the end of Last Jedi, Luke astrally projects himself into a hologram to save them time. So that's the last that Leia sees of him, which Mm -hmm. coincides with the very first star Wars movie where the first time he sees Leia is as a hologram and they kind of make that a bookend thingy. (laughs) I don't know if that was intentional or not, but yeah. Well, they, they show her, her first hologram in the last Jedi. So I I have a feeling they were aware. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Here's the thing I wanted to call out in the making of documentary. What you don't know about this movie is how much of it is not CG. Like, for example, the giant green milk cow beasts on the island, they actually helicoptered that thing in. It's a puppet. (laughs) Cool. Giant ass creature. Good. I love practical effects. Wow. Stuff like that. Uh, there's actually a lot of practical effects in this. Very few CG creatures, strangely so enough. they've got a lot of GACs, giant-ass creatures. Yes. But, but we've reached a point now where you look at that and you just assume it's CG. And the reality is that the CG is just as good as the puppet, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think of it... I think of CGI more like... Uh, bad lighting effects in theater or bad, anything bad that you notice it, it's bad. But anything good, you mm-hmm. don't. So it's like, I guess I didn't think the creatures were or weren't CG. I just sort of was like, hmm, okay, creatures. When you get into stuff where it's just obviously bad, like anything from our 90s show with Spawn or mm-hmm. Dread, then it's like, oh, get this off of my screen. I'd rather watch Muppets. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And and puppet Yoda is fun to have back. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That I was that I was happy with. I was also happy with 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 uh, uh, Luke sort of uh, uh, keeping himself from setting fire to the Jedi tradition, and Yoda going, "Nah, fuck yeah. it." <laughs> so Frank Oz, when they when they asked him to do Yoda for this movie, didn't know they were asking him to do the puppet. He's like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll show up and I'll be, sit in the voice booth for a couple of days, and that'll be fine." And then they're like, "No, no, no! Yeah. Here's the puppet, <laughs> the, Frank, the great and powerful Oz, controlling Yoda once again." Uh. So, Chris, you got any fresh air um, for us? My this week? shit is so fresh, you're gonna love it. Uh, I didn't. I. I. Nah. I don't have much. I did drop into a little bit of a YouTube rabbit hole as well, uh, a la Eric. Have you seen the trailer for the the Meg yet? No. Yes, I saw <laughs> oh that today. God, Eric, what the hell? You have to watch it. This is based on a book, I think. I remember seeing this kicking around the, the bookstore when I worked there. But it's short for Megalon. And basically, they do Deep Blue Sea with Jason Statham 
and Rain Wilson, but it's like the world's largest prehistoric shark that goes on a rampage. And basically it's the size of like four school buses or something ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> the Megasaurus. The Megalon or whatever it's called. Megalon. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's Jason Statham uh, taking over what looks like the Thomas Jane role from Deep Space or uh, what is it? Deep Blue Sea. And then, Deep and then Rain Wilson is yeah. basically looks like he's playing his same character from Sahara, as far as I can tell. And then it's just a giant shark swimming towards beaches full of people, and uh, stuff happens. Ooh! Oh my God! It's Megalodon. He's kidding, right? Yeah, it's a Chinese co-production, so the, yeah. there's a lot of people. Yeah, for my the favorite shark is the Ooh. the money shot where um. it's in uh, Brazil, down in Rio, and it's like the overhead shot of the the Christ statue. And it's, you see the ocean, and you see this giant shark silhouette swimming along the Brazilian coast or something. It's amazing. It just looks ridiculous. Uh, and the whole time, Jason Statham just has this look on his face like, what yeah. fucking movie am I in? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and at one point, there's like a giant squid comes in and latches on, and it's just something right out of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I mean, there's a lot. Of, I mean, none of this is original by any stretch, uh, but it's pretty, I guess. Uh, and then the rock shows up and says, how are we going to kill this thing with cars? Yeah. No. And then, <laughs> and, and then he says, of course the wolf has wings. That's I think, <laughs> or something. Uh, oh, geez. so then I, I found a link from that to, I guess a straight to video sequel to deep blue sea, which basically looks exactly deeper, like bluer sea, deeper, bluer sea. Uh, <laughs> and it, 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 they didn't even disguise the fact that it's a sequel because it's basically the same movie, just different actors. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise, uh, I have been listening to a lot of a channel on my Sirius XM radio called Rock the Bells, which used to be called Hip Hop Nation. It's on and popping, baby. Rock the Bells radio strictly for the OGs. Please be clear. I'm doing this for classic hip hop fans only. But it's basically LL Cool J has now been allowed to brand a classic hip hop station and it, it is named after his song, rock the bells. And so you, I'm hearing all kinds of, uh, just hip hop from the, from the eighties up through like mid late nineties, I guess. So, so would, a, would you call it a comeback for LL Cool J? Then? It has been there for <laughs> years. So it's, it's fun. Cause I'm hearing a lot of stuff that I, just barely remembered and then now it's sort of like oh because my hip-hop knowledge is not very immense being uh, a white dude from the suburbs uh who was very isolated from it in the 80s and then Mm -hmm. kind of in the 90s it it sort of expanded out a bit so i'm hearing a lot of stuff that i'm I'm digging uh so i went back and revisited spruce hill the black sunday album has got insane in the brain on it because it's just funny uh, I like the way the guy It's funny. Wow, it goes like that. I'm a yeah. I'm, it's very uncanny the way that I do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've got like the they no the guys do the voices right. The, There's a one guy with the but good voice. Yeah, the other guy's got the 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 voice. Exactly. But I but one thing that made me laugh is well it's stuff like. Bismarcky, nobody beats the biz, which just I love that song anyway because it's just it's Bismarcky being Bismarcky. Nobody beats the biz. Nobody beats the biz. Nobody beats the biz. Nobody beats the biz. And then they're throwing in like N.W.A., but not like straight out of Compton, but it's like Express Yourself, where they actually sampled the song Express Yourself, but then they're doing mm-hmm. the N.W.A. rapping oh. over it. Yeah. Uh, but the one that made me laugh was that they're playing a lot of Fat Boys. You remember the Fat Boys? Oh, <laughs> how can we forget the Fat Boys? <laughs> it's like the, the human beatbox. Yeah, that was like the full-on human beatbox. Uh, and it just cracks me up every time. Do you remember the Fat Boys movie starring Martin Landau? Yes. Well, that is the thing that started making me sort of ponder all of the stuff. I've started thinking about all of the rappers turned actors and all of the various movies. 
I thought we could put a pin in that one and just figure out a show for that at some point down the mm. line. Because because yeah. because mm. Run DMC did a movie, Tougher Than Leather. The Fat Boys did a movie. Uh, I think uh, who was LL in, uh, Cool J is on and uh, one of those NCISs. Yeah, well, and he started in uh, that Michael J. Fox no, movie. It's so much funnier that Ice T has been playing a cop. Yeah. yeah. For like years. <laughs> I love Ice-T on SVU. He is fantastic. He's awesome. What's so great about him is that he's been with the SVU for like mm, 11 years now, but he still treats every case like it's his first in terms of total confusion. All right. Uh, so my fresh shit, this, I don't have a whole lot. I heard Apple Music has, has been like picking stupid crap for me on the For You list because of my, my god-awful Christmas playlist. So Apple Music has no idea what I like, and it suggests a lot of garbage. It's like you don't even know but me. It's because they don't sponge your data. They, they, they sponge data about like the weird-ass crap I'm listening for the month of December, and you know, it bleeds over into this you know, list. But I did hear a, a song. So the band, the song, and the album are all the same name. Our Girl. It's really quite good. Uh, it's kind of a cross between Curve and the Cocteau Twins. So it's got kind of that that feedback noisy thing that Curved did, but a little more melodic, like a cocktail. So twins. curved cock. There you go. Still can understand Thanks. what the girl is singing. I'm taking it. You can. Okay. You can. Okay. Uh, no, it's it's good. Um, Xbox Live uh, Games with Gold. Uh, this month they have The Witness, the Jonathan Blow puzzle game that was a PlayStation 4 exclusive. I finally bothered to play The Witness because it was you know I didn't have to pay for it. Mm. It's fine. <laughs> it's 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 kind of like Mist in that there's an island and there's no directions at all you just kind of have to figure it out and there are all these little puzzles and they're they're all basically like little maze puzzles but they all have rules that they don't tell you they just kind of at first you're just crossing things through a maze and then it's like well now you need to figure out that you have to go through the maze touching all these little dots and now you have to figure out going through the maze you have to separate these colors from each other and now you have to figure out going to the maze that there's a parallel line moving from a different spot in the maze and you can never cross the lines and it has they both have to exit and then you have a maze like that where you have to go through the dots and the and the other colored line is invisible and at no point does it tell you anything you just have to kind of suss it out so it's one of those like let me see how obscure i can get with my puzzle design <laughs> games do you do you need a system for that i mean that seems like the kind of thing you could play on like a tablet or your phone no You'd think, but the exploring the island bit of it is, I don't know why they made it. It's PC, I, I think it's on PC now, but you can play it for free on Xbox Live if you've got gold, so, oh. you know, check it out. Um, And then, yeah, I saw the the Meg trailer in front of Rampage. Oh, you did go <laughs> oh see Rampage. I, went, I knew it. Maniac. I went and saw fucking Rampage, <laughs> baby. I'm committed to this show. I needed some fresh shit, and that that was it. Way to take another one um, for the team. I saw that preview, and I thought, this is an absolute <laughs> monument to stupid. I must see this film. I almost wish we'd uh, 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 hurricane heisted it. Uh, no, oh, I'd, man, I'd, I'd it refused. Is... I'd have flat out refused. <laughs> it is so dumb. Is it like the game? So... No. <laughs> so, okay, what are what are the things from the Rampage game that you can remember? Uh, let's see. And I'll I, tell you if they're in the movie. Okay, a, a gorilla and a dinosaur animal, and they would jump up on buildings, yep. and they would punch people out of the buildings, and they would eat sections eat of the buildings. Very much. There were a lot of people getting eaten in the movie. That's in the movie. And then the building would fall straight down like in a controlled demo. That is also in the movie. Wow. Uh, we are in a post-9-11 world. Like, apparently, it's okay to take out a, a building, 9-11 style, mm. uh, a significant building, and uh, we're not supposed to feel bad about it anymore. I'm seeing this goddamn movie. I am seeing this movie, and I'm eating like two tubs of popcorn. See the last half hour of this movie, because the first hour and the first hour and twenty minutes is just crap. But 
But the giant monsters attacking the city bit is is a lot of fun. Well, Tanya's out of town right now, so like as soon as we're done doing this, I'm gonna go see something. Is this the something I should see? Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, compared sure. to anything else, is there anything like well, more wickedly horrible that looks like you know I should do that? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of giant things fighting giant things movies all of a sudden. Like Ready Player One had a bit of that. Um, Rampage has it. The Pacific Rim movie has it. But if you want to have a, a, a rockin' good time, go to Rampage. Of those three, I'd recommend you see Ready Player One, actually. But um, Yeah, I bet not a whole lot of people get killed in Ready Player One. Yeah, Rampage is about a big dumb ape and a CG gorilla, is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, things that were in the Rampage game that are not in the movie. Um, they don't punch any electric signs and get zapped. Mm. Um, they They don't eat a guy with a flamethrower and then cough fire. Oh, that's which, too bad. Honestly, given everything else that's happening in this movie, I don't see why they didn't do that one. I was looking for it. <laughs> damn. And at no point does damn. it... Damn. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to sit over here and just say, damn. Because like everyone listening, you haven't played the game, right? Uh, the only other thing that doesn't happen is the monsters don't convert back to naked people who cover their privates and shuffle off screen. That does not occur. Damn. Thank God. And so... Of, like, the five things I can remember from the Rampage game, three of them didn't make the movie. It's The trailers make it look like it starts like a like a Mighty Joe Young Congo-y kind of thing. Yeah. So the trailers are fairly represented. Er- Eric, if you saw the trailer and you're like, yeah, I could sit through that, then go ahead. The, you know how they say the word George like a million times in the trailer? Yeah. That is that is just but a <laughs> fraction of the number of times they say the word George in this they, movie. They, in fact, in the preview, I'm pretty sure... In the preview, they don't I'm, show all of the uh, instances where he says the name George. You're saying it's representative. Somehow, no. Per capita, <laughs> the number of Georges so, that get said. The, yeah. So what he's saying, Eric, is that when you go to see it, uh, take a hip flask with you and make it a drinking <gasps> So half of the script is either <laughs> the word George or the word shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the name of this movie is Shit George Shit. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I rescued George when he was two years old. George never would have survived on his own. George was seven feet and weighed 500 pounds. George, you okay, buddy? Having George on that plane, it's a big mistake, George. Didn't ask for this. George! Um, yeah, I don't know if I can recommend it, but there definitely is a half hour of giant monsters fucking up a city. Uh, and a whole lot of garbage going going on before that you could do worse <laughs> you do worse. i don't i don't need to see king kong versus godzilla having seen rampage i can say yeah. that i guess you're the there's thing no is, way you're given your review of the trailer for meg i should just wait for that because i would much rather see meg ryan swimming around <laughs> eating people it's not meg ryan god <laughs> damn it not? yeah she's got it's big, not meg ryan really oh, big. Okay. i don't know where you got that i idea. got that wrong okay i will give Dwayne johnson this Dwayne Johnson is is just playing the the Dwayne Johnson character, right? Okay. But he does it with such conviction. He's in the dumbest, stupidest, most like implausible scenario, and he just commits wait, wait, fully wait, wait. to, wait, this to is, every dumbass scene. This is Dwayne Johnson we're talking about, aka The Rock. Is in that an, guy, is in an yeah. unbelievable movie. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning gonna... to think that he's actually also CG. <laughs> And that he's not a human. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the, the Doc Savage movie. I think that's still on, and he's Doc Savage. Oh, really? So we'll see how that goes. Last I heard, it's him and, uh, what's his face? Uh, Iron Man 3 and uh, Shane Black is doing it. I thought he was going to be doing Black Adam. I thought that was his I, I don't know. His thing. I'm pretty sure he's Black Adam. Okay. Um, you heard it here. In the DC. You heard world. it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Anyway... I think that's the fresh shit. So, man, this is going to be one weird fucking party because we're going to talk about Surf to the end end of the trilogy. End of the trilogy. A movie that I loved so much when I saw it the first time because I was in junior high and I thought, this is hilarious. This is, this is, nothing can be funnier. You know, and and I cannot advance mentally beyond being in junior high. This this is the <laughs> the standard by which I will plant my flag. And then I, you can tell I, yeah. that they're, they're going through the head. Have I ever seen Surf? Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's like, no, no. That's that's the joke. Is that it's it's called Surf Two. After we recorded last week, and you guys said we were doing this movie, I put it on immediately, and my wife. <laughs> 
my wife's com- <laughs> my wife's computer is in the same room where we have the main TV, and so she's do working on her art, and she, she just looks over and says, "What the fuck are you watching?" And I'm like, "Surf two. And I explained to her the whole thing, and she goes. <laughs> Okay, that's why my wife is cool. When I explained to her, there is no Surf 1 and there is no Surf 3. It's just called Surf 2, the end of the trilogy. She goes, okay, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> this I, I remember seeing this movie, uh, in my memory, I only have seen it once. But watching it again, there is no way I've only seen it once because mm-hmm. I remembered way more of this movie than I thought I did. I remember there are a lot of parts from this movie I thought were in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And then, and then I'd be like, "What? What happened with the thing? You, hey, you two guys are nude. Where was that? Oh, it wasn't in there. Okay, yeah, it was served it was in this. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. served for boys. Well, that's uh, well, that was the thing that I f- had totally forgotten. But that was Eric's big bit. Uh, was that it was like I looked to my left. Water. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I looked to my right. Water. <laughs> I am tuned. Hey, you guys are nude. <laughs> hey, you guys are nude. Very impressive. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I've got points So this Surf 2, for those who don't know it, uh, the the top billing goes to Eddie Deason. As who, it should. I don't know how anybody would know any Eddie Deason from anything other than Surf 2 and maybe as the voice of Mandark from Dexter's Laboratory. Or War Games. He's was the, he in War Games? He or, has uh, the memorable scene, go right through Falkman's maze! When he's trying to figure out how to break into the computer thing in the beginning. What's this next guy? This is the best surfer in the world. This could have been me, fellas, but I decided to give my life to science. But our protagonist is actually played by Eric Stoltz, who, this is easily his most shirtless performance. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Eric Stoltz is one of the two surfers, uh, Bob and Chuck. I don't know which one he was. Um, I'm not sure I'm supposed to know. The two girls th- that are friends with these guys are Cindy Lou and Lindy Sue. Uh, and the other gag is that they can't even keep it straight who is supposed to be with whom. Right. Going somewhere? Chuck? Bob. Bob? Chuck. Cindy Lou? Lindy Sue. Wendy Sue? Cindy Lou. Yeah, this is... This is a goofy-ass movie, isn't it? <laughs> it's dedicated to being goofy about, it too. It's it's not like at any time you feel bad that you're going, what the fuck am I watching? It's kind of like that's the point, you know? Oh, yeah. This is this is a movie with characters named Chief Boyardee yeah. and Inspector Underwear, and Cleavon Little <laughs> plays Principal Daddy-O. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it has Ruth Buzzy. Your mama. And they have Let's not forget they have that. a brilliant scene with the two families like uh, uh, in their kitchens, yes. and they're mirroring yeah, yeah. what they're saying because all families are alike. It, it was an interesting bit of a uh, 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 metaphor, considering what a lowbrow movie this is. Hi, mom. Morning, Dad. Dad. What's, What's for breakfast? Your favorite. Favorite. Not that shit again. Watch, Watch your, your mouth in front of your father. father. Oh, crap. Watch your mouth in front of your mother. Sorry. Well, it's it it every time it veers off into just this is total garbage. Uh, the filmmaker trots out something weirdly experimental like right. that, and it's jar- it's very jarring. I was like, what the? Oh, this is. Oh, and I get the I, the <laughs> feeling from that that whoever was making it is actually really smart. They just got bored. Um, it I reminded from, me of the scenes in Heather's with the family, like, oh, you two. Yeah. God damn, why did yeah. somebody tell me yeah. why I smoke these things? It was it was like a precursor to that. Yeah. But but I love how they also get into the, like all of a sudden the parents all the all the adults in this movie are hippies. Um but the the parents start talking about surfing, like, you know, I beg your pardon. There hasn't been a makeable tube in There's been a good south swell running on an incoming tide. I bet there'll be some bitching tubes. I beg your pardon. There hasn't been a makeable tube on that beach since they dredged the marina and laid the jetty. It's strictly Shore Pound City. Listen to the big kahuna over here. Shore Pound City. You wouldn't recognize a four-foot tube if it was staring you in the face. Can you relate? Try me sometime, jerk off. And of course, it's both wives having the same conversation yeah. in yeah. unison. An interesting thing on just on the production, they... 
all the nudity or most all of the nudity was put in afterwards by the producers who decided they wanted an R rating. And so the guy who made the movie, God I think bless them. Yeah. I think he was just yeah. there like, okay, you want to make a dopey teen comedy sex dopey piece of shit sure all right i'll sneak in some quality and so once he did that they said okay we'll sneak back in some lack of quality <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of nudity in the like there's a lot of boobs in this movie now that i think of it also the the nudity in it was actually much less uh gratuitous mm, yeah well, it wouldn't have as much of a problem in the Me Too generation. You know, it's like it wasn't rapey. It wasn't Revenge of the Nerds sneak in and get nude pics. It wasn't. It was just, yeah, women. That. It was just women flashing on the beach, basically. It was actually women with agency showing nudity. Yeah. You know, like women getting nude because they wanted to rather than mm-hmm. getting tricked into it. In, in a very, very weird way, <laughs> it's better nudity. Well, that's, you know, think of when it was made. So it was filmed in 83 because it was released, I think, January of 84. Yeah. Uh, and for the record, I could have sworn that it was a trauma movie, but it is not. No. And it was, and it was I mean, I was shocked by that fact when, I, when it came on and I didn't see the trauma uh, production card. It is of a piece with the other movies of its era. Uh, so Revenge of the Nerds, which we've talked about before, but also there's something called Hard Bodies, which is mm, another mm-hmm. crazy beach TNA, awful, awful comedy. That actually quote made a lot of money. I mean, it was not like, yeah. this feels like a drive-in kind of, you know, I don't know, a, 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 a yeah. weird throwback that very few people saw. Hard Bodies got national press. I mean, yeah. they were really trying to make money with that. And, and then they were really succeeding yeah but the the one that this reminded me of the most was uh i think it came out like the year before uh it was called joysticks <laughs> and it basically was uh the same kind of vibe but set in an arcade that was going to get shut down and the girl that played cindy lou uh i can't remember which one she was the blonde one mm-hmm. uh her name is corinne borers what think else has she been name. in because she seemed familiar she's been she was in Joysticks, which is which is I thought was strange, but she was also I think she had done guestings on ER. She was all over the eighties in just uh like small supporting roles. But if you can look her up, she's basically been in just a a ton of ton of stuff. She wasn't the second Heather, uh, right? No. No. Okay, I thought No, she's a little older. All right. So yeah, the the one that it reminded me most of was Joysticks, which and if you've never seen Joysticks, I would just recommend that right now. Because it's it's sublime. Right, bye. It's amazing. It'll it'll <laughs> so look it up when you when you leave this podcast. Oh. But it's the same kind of thing where it's they get the idea of punk culture totally wrong <laughs> and like just uh, it, I can't even. Okay, yeah. we got to talk about the punk thing though, right? So the the quote unquote plot of this movie is that Eddie Deason it has bamboozled the fathers of our two heroes into selling a cola that's just um motor oil or whatever like petroleum byproduct yeah. and it'll turn you into a surf zombie it's called buzz yeah it turns surfers into into punk n- zombies yeah that it's called buzz cola you yeah. want to say surf nazis so bad i know i can no, hear I, it. Yeah. but they're not <laughs> <laughs> Was it just me, or did this movie, when it started, because it's got the title card kind of giving you the the lowdown that Eddie Deason's character uh, is getting his revenge and blah, 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 and it's playing mm-hmm. the Buzz Cola, like, jingle? Right. It struck me as a very uh, Halloween 3. Same year as Halloween 3. Yeah, I couldn't get over it. I mean, okay, so I, it, I wasn't wrong. Okay. Buzz is the cola that we drink. We must have it. Come and get it. It's not just another drink. We want buzz. Give us buzz. Buzz will change the way you think. We want buzz cola. And uh, Eddie Deason's like hench girl or whatever, I, whatever you call that. Sparkle. Uh, yeah, she's an actress who is in, <laughs> yeah. also in a movie called uh, uh, Fade to Black, which they keep talking about remaking. But it's a pretty good movie. The guy who loves movies and goes crazy and just starts killing people in character and he falls in love with this girl because she is the spitting image of marilyn monroe and this actress is the spitting image of marilyn monroe she 
I think half of everything she got cast in in the 80s was playing a Marilyn Monroe lookalike. Hey, it's decent work if you can get yeah. it, right? The the line about finding your about showing everyone at the pep rally your booger collection. It was one of the funniest parts <laughs> of the movie to me. Oh, buddy. Oh. I'm humiliated in all my life. Oh yeah? What about the time Daddy O displayed the booger collection in your pencil case at the pep rally? I like that the uh the surfer dudes, Eric Stoltz in a uh supremely charmless performance i would like to add <laughs> uh you would just never realize that he would go on to make mask and yeah uh, stuff like that but uh the the surfers in this are just so elitist it's painful because it's sort of like they, they flip the switch on the snobs versus slobs thing and so the right. surfers are the snobs and it's like they're they have they're forced to go to the the public beach and they're saying yeah. stuff oh, yeah. like, like no one else, you know, would be here. It's like, what a fucking zoo. I think they say derisively at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or when, or when the, they're trying to get him to drink the buzz cola and they're like, no one else would be crazy enough to drink that crap. Our dad's called cola. <laughs> it's like <laughs> knucklehead. So they're just so pissy about everything. It's just like, come on, man. Yeah, and all they care about is surfing to the point of they ignore the naked girls. Yeah. Right? Like, and their own girlfriends. Yeah, and the whole gist is that it's like a surf contest coming up that is somehow school-sanctioned. I didn't understand what the hell was going on. They're like watching a surf movie in a theater, but it's put on by the school because you got Principal Daddy-O, Cleavon Little, and then the science teacher... Mm-hmm. Mr. Beaker. Who are the only two teachers at the school, I think. <laughs> yeah, apparently. They're the only administration in the entire school, which is why they're all punks. Uh, but it's like they're they're watching these surf movies talking about this contest, and then suddenly it's somehow put on by the school. I didn't understand what the hell was going on, honestly. I, I thought lost that was track. actually kind of meta, the way they were saying, you know what, we know we're in a shitty movie. Let's make a shitty movie about being in a shitty movie. We're going to we're gonna cast yeah. the adults in all the adult parts and not even explain why the principal is at the beach you know, when they're closing it, or why the principal is at the movie. Th- it's like, <laughs> and the principal has no... Yeah. No interest in surfing, mind you. He's yeah. just one of the few grown-ups in this movie. Well, and who was who was Mr. Beaker? Like, what actor was that? Who? What else was he in? I don't know. I, I, I recall him from other stuff, but I just couldn't place him. But he had that great role from, you know, from all the monster movies where the science teacher knows everything about everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, yeah, there's exactly. an autopsy scene on one of the, the punk zombies uh, I like towards that they, the end of the movie. Yeah, I like that they pull out the sign from the Jaws boat orca yeah and it's just the, like a throwaway they don't even explain the joke oh it's they just pull there out like jenny hoffa's underpants yeah and like an album that i should have known the reference but i can't remember oh real he's real. He, yeah basically he's he said oh that's a that's just a dick dale album because dick dale used oh, to do all of the, what it was, the surf dick music dale. So it's like all the jokes are very intricate and you have to kind of have some sort of semblance of knowledge about such movies. It's got the Sucker ex- Brothers thing going on, yeah, right? Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of just goofy sidekicks. There's, there's a great bit. There's a guy named Big Head and there's a great bit where they go to the public <laughs> beach and he gets out of the, the Volkswagen and he just shoves this Winnebago out of the way so they can park and then all of these car parts are like flying back into the frame like a bouncing tire i looked at that scene i'm like this is the sort of crap we would have actually done if we'd have made a movie exactly i was thinking the same thing i'm like this if we can find it we'll uh we can post to the the chariot chronicles which is the movie that we oh god we did finish and it's the same it is the same production value and the same vibe i'd say a little higher but only because it was shorter yeah. Another good one, too. Another throwaway gag is when they're in uh, Eddie Deason's lair and mm-hmm. he's got like the periscope. Did you notice yeah. that there was the, the, <laughs> the frame picture of Jerry Lewis right before yes. they, yeah. they do the Nutty Professor bullshit on the girl? I'm like, this, this is like borderline genius, yeah. but not quite. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, it's a super quotable movie, too. There's, there's all kinds of uh, all kinds of great things like... Um, when he when he goes up to one of the girls, says, "Excuse me, are you available for dating? Are you clean?" Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite is when they're with the, the science teacher and they're trying to figure out how to like cure the punks 
from being punks, I guess, or zombies. Mm-hmm. And he just says, you guys have to win the surf contest until we can figure this out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, the, it's like, okay, sure. No, the, the best line comes from Chief Boyardee when he says, kids, if I need any shit out of you, I'll squeeze your heads. Yeah, I yeah, remember that, that one. That was good. Fucking <laughs> Lyle Wagner. And did you notice that his, his assistant was Horshack? Ron Polio. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, God. I was going to say something, but I didn't want people to think I'm even older than I am. <laughs> well, no late. human I know could eat like that and still surf. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like no, the, the whole uh, movie is basically like a 1950s, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a mix of all the 1950s B movies. Uh, with with boobies, I mean it's yeah you know, yeah a fifties monster movie, a fifties you know teen well, comedy, like the Frankie and, and Annette, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. The, the 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 big vibe was the Frankie and Annette movies because I sad to say I've watched those more than once because uh, it's just they're fun to just zone out to, and then yeah. if you get the ones with Don Rickles, uh, they get even goofier. And the and the reason that Don Rickles was in those movies is apparently because his agent was married to Annette Funicello, <laughs> so he's just like, sure, what the hell, and that's why he's in multiples. But it had that same same vibe. Yeah. And then and then after I watched this, I did watch Back to the Beach just for shits and giggles. But uh, I guess my my point in just in mentioning that though is that it, it think about it. Every time you sub-reference, you're sub-referencing what you know, right? Like the whole thing Mm -hmm. with uh, Ready Player One going back to the 80s, it's like that's what the guy making it knows. He's going back to his own shit. But the thing is, in 20, 30 years, nobody's going to get that connection of 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Singing in the Rain, all the songs are from 20 or 30 years before that movie came out in the 30s. Those are all... None of those songs were written for the film. They're all 30s pop Wait, music. Wait, Singing standards. in the Rain is a jukebox musical? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, and, it's not it's not Rodgers and, that's, and Hammerstein. And that's my point. You don't know it because you're not part of that time and I I guess that what fascinates me about this movie is so much of it is referring to shit that happened 20 or 30 years in the past that I know nothing about. Yeah. And no one like, 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 if somebody nostalgically went back and watched Surf 2, if one of our many millennial listeners decided to watch this, they wouldn't get any of the oh, references. So I have watch, to wonder what it. this movie feels like to them. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, if, if anything, this movie feel, should feel like, like, oh, this is, this is what a dumb teen comedy well, should have been. We've got to talk about the soundtrack. Well, what, we have to talk well, about the music. Yeah. Oh, Let's God, talk about the, the soundtrack. soundtrack is amazing. To, to get back to the one bit about the movie, watching it, as, to address that last point you did, Brian, all I could think of watching it was that it was shocking how movies these days are not allowed to be this deliberately weird and dumb anymore. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's just with abandon. You just you're not going to see Unless a movie like indie. this. This yeah. this is the movie I wanted Caddyshack to be when we watched Caddyshack. This is so much better than <laughs> well, Caddyshack. It coughed a lot from Caddyshack. To be fair, of course it so, did. It's just a refinement, sir. It's just a refinement. I also think the producers added in the the two fat guys. Yeah. As as like you know what we mean needs more comedy. Let's get two fat guys. Yeah. And I don't have necessarily a problem with that, except they do try and rape their dads in the end. Did yeah. anyone catch that? They They're do. basically and, chasing after oh, yeah. their dads and going to try and rape them. Well, and one of them eats uh, bird shit. Like, he's trying to eat a hoagie. And oh, then they the, both eat yeah. it, and they're like, oh, it's delicious. Yeah, like, it's some yeah. sort of mayonnaise. But the, I was struck by the when I was watching going, are these the same two guys from the physical video by Olivia Newton-John? I can't place them. Ooh, but they're not. Maybe. They're not. Oh. <laughs> but if you want to look uh, it up, go ahead. It's uh, like saying, do you want this some some of my potato chips? Yes. Well, I don't have any anymore. <laughs> yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I still, we got to talk about the music in this yeah. thing. How the hell did they get this the rights to this music? That's the point. Yeah. This is the age before anyone had to get clearance. You just put it in the goddamn movie, and that well, was it. Well, no, like, no. Uh, heavy what metal. I read was, no, they made a deal with Columbia yeah. Records to make a soundtrack for it, and then and then it bombed in Columbia, like, back yeah, down it was, to the deal It was sort of like on. the reverse Repo Man. Where this, but my point, it didn't take off, and so the yeah, movie never did. 
the the record ind- companies would do that without actually having rights to the stuff. You know, it's like they were the label, but they didn't have the rights, so they would say, "Yeah, let's do let's do a movie," yeah. and then the lawyers would get on them afterwards. Which is why heavy metal was on moratorium for twenty or thirty years yeah. after it came out because the soundtrack mm. was. You That's know, probably why this never came out on DVD because. How would you get the yeah. rights? And there's not enough money in releasing Surf 2 to pay off the rights to right. Boingo. And- I'd have to look it up, but I think I read that they did release an actual soundtrack for it, uh, like mid-2000s or something, oh. to cash in on the, the cult nostalgia. So I think there is an mm. actual soundtrack out there now that you can get, I think. So this movie has not been put out on DVD. The closest is, I think, I think you can buy it on one of those, like with the Warner Classics things, where it's like they burn a DVD if you yeah. order it. And mm. I'm not even sure that's still <laughs> yeah. available. Well, I think that's why you can stream it on YouTube with no extra doodads to yeah. disguise it. Yeah. It's just there. So that's a lot of boobies for YouTube. I was amazed. <laughs> yeah, it really it's, is. It's good stuff. This per- if if enough people listen to this podcast, go watch it. It might get noticed and and banned yeah, by YouTube with yeah. any luck. But yeah, the the soundtrack was. And I'm saying like if five more people yeah. watch it. But, but yeah, the soundtrack was weird because you had the classic surf music stuff, but then you also had the stuff of the yeah. day, like the the new wave. So you, not only Oingo Boingo, but they had Stray Cats, Wall of Voodoo, Split Ends, Thomas mm-hmm. Dolby, mm-hmm. The Untouchables yeah. actually had. Talk, yeah, talk. The Untouchables actually had scenes. In it, yeah, <laughs> they did the pick it up. Yeah, pick yeah. It up. That was the Untouchables, right? But it was, you know, it's it's a standard beach movie, so that I have the. They had the Hawaii Five O yeah. theme. Um, I can't even remember now. But so this song, this this movie features an Oingo Boingo song that. You can't get. It's not on any Oingo <laughs> yeah, Boingo album. specifically for this. You can find crappy cassette recording things of it on YouTube, and you're damn right I'm putting clips of it in this show. <laughs> it's called Hold Me Back, and I, it's, I have been searching dude. for that freaking thing yeah. dude, for dude, years. We are going to have the fucking best playlist, because we're going to have the one Surf to the end of the trilogy soundtrack available on Spotify. Yeah. Damn Fuck, right. Yeah, that's some marketing, yo. Boom. <laughs> As the the character from the the movie said, bow bow. <laughs> bow bow bow. <laughs> it's like what? I don't understand that. I don't, at all. Look at it. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll be able to find the not quite chariots of fire music from the frog racing scene on Spotify. That's but. funny that they gave that much deference to copyright, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's like that's the one thing <laughs> where it's like, oh, no, don't even yeah. bother. So it's so yeah. <laughs> We're we'll, trying to fly under the radar. We'll, uh, we'll have that sound list together for the tracks, and you can. Yeah, definitely check the description yeah. on this show. There will yeah, we'll, be a, we'll post link a link to. Help. We'll even. Any of the songs... We'll even post a separate... Uh, we'll have a Spotify playlist. Yeah. We'll have a Spotify playlist, and anything that we can't get on Spotify, we'll try to find on YouTube and link to it in yeah. the description. Because this this movie has some music, people. It's good stuff. Yeah. Did you notice, too, uh, that there was a lot of stuff in here that I that feels like it influenced other movies that are bigger and more iconic? Well, yeah. Let's talk about One Crazy Summer, because... Yeah, um, exactly. There's two actors from One Crazy Summer in it, yeah. Um, one of the, one of the punks and one of the dads was the, the bad guy dad, I think in one. Who Crazy also Summer. I would, was it the one with or without the mustache? Cause the one without with the, the mustache. mustache was in blood. Yeah. Run. I was going to say that's the, the guy who, <laughs> whoa, it's the guy that Leon, he's the one who gets away. killed during the test. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, what? Why is this guy? My mother? Let me tell you about my mother. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> There's so much weird shit with this thing, but yeah, I. But when but it started this, off, this is very much the predecessor of one. Yeah, one I was to say this. Savage Steve Holland must have seen this thing a billion times because it's basically this is this is exactly like One Crazy Summer or even Better Off Dead, just in the way that it's just yep. everything thrown up and let's just see what. Can you like. relate? Oh God, shut up! Yeah. Uh, I think it's more. <laughs> I think now that you mention it, it's more Better Off Dead than One Crazy Summer. Yeah. I mean. I get the beachiness, but Better Off Dead has that nihilism, has the meaningless contest at the end. Yeah. That that scene where they where they get out the chainsaw and they cut off the roof of the car and the mom comes out and is like, 
uh, what car are yeah. you taking? And he goes, the convertible. <laughs> that could have been in any of these movies. Exactly. We don't have a convertible. Well, it, yeah. It, it had nothing to do with well, anything. That, and then, and then awesome. at the end of the, the beach party where they, you know, everybody's getting crazy and then they're driving home. Uh, that struck me as very weird science-y. Uh, it just kind of had the vibe like when they're driving in the, when it's Anthony Michael Hall and the, the girlfriend uh, kind of thing. It had that mm. vibe. Then there was also when they're in the movie theater and it ends with the film sort of breaking and then you see the silhouette of the punks eating it. I'm like, they Gremlins stole that. Gremlins stole that. <laughs> well, I mean, Gremlins came out in 84. I think, I think that may have been. They still uh, stole it. Okay, sure. <laughs> it went through time. Yeah. I like that in the end, uh, Eddie Deason and the surf punks and everyone are sitting around having a picnic lunch together. Like, well, that's over with. Like, he didn't go to jail. Yeah. There was no no fallout yeah. from any of the shit. It was just, you know why? Because this is a very dumb movie. That's why. Yeah. Leave it alone. Well, and they, <laughs> I, I think it's amazing. This movie got made because of Eddie yeah. Deason. So I guess the guy who wrote it and directed it... Um, liked Eddie Deason, wrote the character for Eddie Deason, and Eddie Deason ultimately was one of the main reasons it got produced, and he brought some of those props, like that hat that he's wearing in that scene with the yeah. Big long yeah, he brought his bill. own props. That's Eddie Deason's hat. And what's, what yeah. was, That was an amazing hat. And the original script, his character's name was uh, Stinky, and he made the director change it to Menlo, because yeah. uh, he didn't think it was nice. <laughs> so he had that much pull that he changed his entire character's name. Are there, are there other movies you feel like this this may have been an inspiration for? I, I mentioned Heather's because of the family yeah. scene. Well, I I did mention because uh, I went I, I had to go follow up on it, so I went and saw Back to the Beach uh, after this just for shits and giggles. Oh yeah, and with the fishbone yeah, scene, Jamaican ska. Yeah. Oh god, it just got under my skin. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Do you girls know how to Jamaica ska? Jamaica what? Yeah, sure, Annette. It's a required course at our college. <laughs> well, do you know how to Jamaica ska? Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. But, but they started that one with the, uh, the kid, Annette and Frankie's youngest son, uh, who's just a total smartass. I'm like, it feels like he's lifted right out of Surf 2 and just plopped into yeah. this thing. <laughs> it was very odd. Uh, and then I did try to watch Surf Nazis Must Die, because that's an actual trauma movie about surfing and Nazis, and it's yeah. it's nigh unwatchable. It's just it's nigh unwatchable. So it's a trauma movie. Yeah, it's, you know it's <laughs> funny. I don't know if this counts. This isn't influence as much as uh, 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 market forces, but it was going to get re- released as. Uh, Surf to the Nerds Strike Back yeah. because this was the same time as Revenge of the Nerds. And like, that's, they gave it that title in some markets to try and capitalize on yeah, Revenge right, of the Right, those Nerds, same producers who put in extra boobies. Yeah. So I don't know that we Good can for them. blame <laughs> like the filmmaker guys. for that. But <laughs> yeah, the producers were very yeah conscious of let's do whatever we have to to make some cash. Yeah. And they hired the wrong guy whoever made this cuz he actually made a legitimately funny uh, movie and i like i like the <laughs> fact that he it's really the only thing he's ever done and he yeah. he wrote the script and it's this movie yeah. is why well he he was a surfer and he i guess had a, a surf accident and like got hit in the face with a board and it like sliced his cheek and so he was laid up on painkillers and so he had this idea, and so he wrote this entire script over a weekend with painkillers in his system. And nice. I don't think that he went back and did any edits or rewrites. That's my feeling. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's exactly how it feels. Like that is just scattershot, ridiculous, I'm in a drug haze type of humor that's going on. Because <laughs> it doesn't make any, none but, of it connects really. It's just weird. That brilliant use of disassociation with the, the two. Um, kitchens next to each other yeah. where they're they're talking over each other there's like all this neat sort of it's, it's really you could do a great pretentious film theory uh thesis on this film and all of the tropes that he calls yeah. out and that it was just some dopey surfer guy who was on painkillers is hilarious yeah. well because and, <laughs> and it's like he wasn't trying to do anything higher than you know than what it was <laughs> It's just that you're reading way too much into movies. Well, I would posit this. Based on that scene, 
the genius split kitchen scene, uh, I would say that they cop that for Birdman. What do you say? Birdman? Birdman. Birdman? <laughs> I don't the know what you're Michael talking Keaton about. Keaton, an Oscar-nominated yeah, yeah. film. Which I. Is- I don't remember two kitchens. I don't remember two kitchens. Oh, I'm thinking of something else then. I'm sorry. Never mind. I guess I was, when you said that, I was like, maybe you mean Condor Man? Because I really don't remember. Chris is trying to be clever and the joke just flew over. Yeah, I pulled the Surf 2. Damn it. So, anybody have anything else they want to say about Surf 2? I think we've pretty well covered it. Oh, no, wait. I get it. That was funny. Okay. Don't you placate me. There's a time delay joke. Don't you placate me. I'll placate your nose. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I, I yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it. I mean, it's uh, it's fun. It's it's, it's a fun it's, movie. It's, it's dumb. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, it is not striving to be anything other than what it is. It is the quintessential '80s late night cable. Sex mm. surfer punk beach movie thing. Yeah. It yeah. it is it is emblematic of everything that was on late night Showtime, and I highly recommend it. Surf two people. And that'll do it for yet another episode of the Magnificently Huge Podcast. Remember, rate the show on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. Um, like us on Facebook. We are Magnificently Huge. Follow us on Twitter. We are at MagHuge. Follow us on Instagram. We're Magnificently Huge. And please share the podcast on your social media feeds because, you know, we want somebody other than the, you know, 10 of you out there to hear it. Join us again next week. We do crazy stuff like this every week. And we're getting close to one full year of Magnificently Huge. So, uh, come on back again next week for more fresh shit and more whatever we come up with cheers but this is what she said oh,